0: So I'm standing here looking around, and you know, it's, it's been a challenge to look out at it, a group of people with masks and trying to figure out, do I really know them? And about the time I feel like I do, I realize y'all don't sit in the same place every week. <laughs> <laughs> and so that makes it even a little more confusing, but I'm glad you're here sitting somewhere. Um, we're glad you're joining us at home as well in our online broadcast. Prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. These are the commitments United Methodists make as we promise to participate in the ministries of the church when we become members of the church. Over the last few weeks, we've looked at those first four commitments. Today, I want to consider witness. Witness. And consider how we might uphold our vows through our witness. How do you feel when you hear words like witness or testimony in relation to you personally? Now, some might be excited by those words and the possibilities that's carried in those words. But a lot of us might feel a little anxious or uneasy or Uncertain when we think about being a witness or sharing a testimony. Or if we use the action form of that word and talk about witnessing, we might get a little more anxious. If I said to you, rather than finish our worship service this morning, we're all going to go out in different places and we're going witnessing today. Some of you would feel your heart beating a little faster. Some of you would be breathing a little faster and go, what in the world have I gotten into? What is that gonna mean? Well, we're not going anywhere, so take a deep breath and relax, but not too much, because we do need to think about what it means to fulfill our vow to be a witness. It seems like we ought to be going somewhere telling someone, inviting someone, saying something about the Jesus we claim as Lord. I read an article from the Confessing Movement in the United Methodist Church that reported this. Less than 5% of all the people who have attended church have actually invited someone or shared their faith with someone over the last year. 5%. 5% of us have shared our faith with someone or invited someone to worship with us. In that same article, Dr. Tom Rayner stated that 82% of unchurched people would actually consider coming if they were invited. That's pretty good odds, isn't it? 82% of the people we might invite would consider coming if we just simply invited them. But the invitation is simply not being given by people like us who committed to participating in the ministries of our church by our witness, but we haven't fully realized what that might mean or we haven't gotten totally comfortable with that, and so it kind of drifts by the wayside. In his book, Getting Into God, Stuart Briscoe defines a witness this way. Someone who by explanation and demonstration gives audible and visible evidence of what he has seen and heard without being deterred by the consequences of his action. I like that. I understand what it means. Can I give you a simpler, less complicated one from somebody who's not an author or a researcher, or an academic person. This is my definition, and it's so simple. My definition of someone is a witness, someone who tells what they know. Is that too simple? I, th- I think that, that covers everything. It's that simple. To be a witness, we simply tell what we know. In this case, what we know about Jesus. A couple years ago, I got called for jury duty. And I not only got called for jury duty, I got selected for the jury twice during that six-month period. When I was on the jury, listening to what was going on, they brought in these people called expert witnesses. You know how that works. You've either been in the courtroom or you've watched it on TV or something like that. Expert witnesses. All they did to qualify as an expert is tell what they knew. They just told what they know about what they were an expert in. Based on their experiences, they said, I know this to be true. Can't we do that same thing ourselves when it comes to this commitment of ours to be a witness? Just tell what we know to be true. Look at what the Scriptures tell us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, just before Jesus ascends into heaven following the resurrection, He says these words to the people gathered there. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. And then later in that same book, in Acts chapter 22, verse 15, Paul kind of summarizes his experience on the Damascus Road as he encounters the living Christ. Now, I think these words spoken to Paul could easily be spoken to any of us in our encounter with Christ. And because of that, most of us don't have the dramatic conversion that Paul had. But our experience with Christ can be just as real, just as powerful, just as life-changing. So don't discount your experience, our experience's in encountering Christ. Listen to these words from Acts 22. Essentially, they were words of commissioning spoken by Ananias, who was sent by God to pray for Paul and to, in essence, commission Paul as he prayed for him and then he received his sight after his time of temporary, temporarily being blinded by the light of Christ. He says to him, Paul, You will be His witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. You will be God's witness to all people and you'll tell them about what you've seen and what you've heard. You will be. Not might be, could be, if you feel like it. You will be witnesses to all people. In both of these scriptures, the sense of the, of the language is, is imperative. It's a command, you will be. It's fully expected that Paul would be. It's fully expected that we will be witnesses of what we know in Jesus Christ. So why do we struggle sometimes To be a witness and simply tell people what we know of our own experience with Jesus. In the book Wake Up Calls, Ron Hutchcraft gives the following reasons as the most common that we use to not tell what we know. He said 90% of us, 90% have failed in an attempt to witness in the past. And so we're afraid to try again. He also says a lot of us are at some level biblically illiterate. We're not really sure what the Bible says, so we're afraid to get in a conversation with somebody who might ask us a question we wouldn't be able to answer immediately. Others say, oh, we leave that to the professionals. And some say, well, I shouldn't really impose my faith on other people. How many times have we hidden behind those kind of excuses? Or maybe we have some of our own like, well, I'm not exactly sure what to say. Or other people are better at this than I am. Or I don't know that many people who don't already go to church. Who am I supposed to be a witness to? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Those are Jesus' words to the body of Christ. That's what happened with the woman at the well. From the fourth chapter of John's gospel, you may remember that story. She became his witness as she was impacted by the power of the Holy Spirit through Christ's presence with her. She had a story to tell about her encounter with Jesus. You've probably heard at least some of that story. If you don't remember all of it, go back and check out the gospel of John chapter 4 this afternoon. For now, just a few verses of that. This is what John writes about her encounter. Chapter 4, beginning at verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that village committed themselves to him because of the woman's witness. He knew all about the things I did. He knows me inside and out, she said. They asked him, Jesus To stay on. So Jesus stayed two more days. A lot more people entrusted their lives to him when they heard what he had to say. They said to the woman, We're no longer taking this on your say so. We've heard it for ourselves and know it for sure. He's the Savior of the world. They heard the story of this woman, they explored the validity of it. They accepted the truth for themselves because she told what she knew. That's simple. She told what she knew. Then they had a story, and then they could go and tell what they knew. We've heard it for ourselves and know it for sure. He's the Savior of the world. Can't we say that same thing? We've heard it for ourselves, we know it for sure. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Tell what we know. That's the call. There are plenty of people who need to hear our story in the same way the people in that Samaritan village needed to hear this woman's story. They need to hear what we know about Jesus. They need to hear our witness, which we committed to sharing In our membership vows, and they need to hear what we know so they can know it for themselves. Anyone who considers themselves to be a disciple of Jesus Christ has a story of their initial salvation experience. It may not be exactly like this woman's was, but whether our story is one of a very memorable moment at church or at a revival or during vacation Bible school or at church camp or somewhere else that you experienced a very unique moment in which you said, yes, I want to follow Jesus from this point on. Or if you maybe struggle a little bit to say exactly when and where that specific moment was, but you know for sure you've decided to follow Jesus And live as a disciple of Christ. You've got a story to tell. And you can tell what you know about yourself and your experience with Jesus. But wait, there's more. Infomercial time. There's more. Really. Because a lot of you have many more chapters to your story than just that individual encounter with Jesus that changed your life. Some of you know about the presence of Jesus with us as you've battled illness or someone you love has battled illness. Some of you know what it means to experience Jesus in a time of loss and grief. Others know about God's faithfulness with you as you've experienced and gone through broken relationships. Still others know about God's love during times of loneliness or depression or self-doubt. Some of you know that you had a time in which God provided a need when it was critical. We have many chapters to our story. We don't always have to share every chapter, but we're called to tell what we know, to be witnesses. Your story, my story, can be short and sweet, simple and clear. It doesn't have to be long and complicated. It's our story. All we need to do is tell what we know. When it comes to my life, I'm the expert. Witness. When it comes to your life, when it comes to your story, your encounter with Jesus, you're the expert. Daily, we're called to be the expert witness on the stand of the world we live in where people are listening to what we have to share. We're the expert witnesses. Now, there's no one exact way we have to always tell our story. It can include a different chapter occasionally or different elements. But our story is our experience and we are the expert witnesses. So we're called to tell our story. You can do that with your words. You can do that with your actions, with your life. But our call... is to participate in the ministries of our church through our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Actually, all four of the previous vows we've looked at, prayers, presence, gifts, service, they're all a part of our witness. My prayers for and with others can be a witness to my faith in Christ. My presence when the body of Christ gathers can be a witness. My service in the name of Christ is a witness to the one I want to honor with my service. In another way we witness or tell our story is a time like this when we've been asked to commit to the 2021 financial support of the ministries of our church. We talked about giving a couple weeks ago. Last week you saw a video of several people's story regarding why they give. And through a mailing and a couple of presentations, you've been invited to participate in telling your story through your giving. We've been invited to return... 2021 financial pledge cards today. Jeremy mentioned that earlier. And I know that the normal is you come forward and lay them on the altar, offering them to God prayerfully. And you know, we can't really do that safely. But you can still make that commitment as part of your witness. You can drop your pledge card in the offering boxes that are in the hallway, or you can drop it in the mail. It is part of how we tell our story. Where we use our money, what we do with our money is part of our story. Earlier this week, I returned the pledge card that Janet and I filled out as part of our witness, as part of our desire to participate in the ministries of the church. And part of our story is, yes, we choose to give to God regularly, faithfully. Because a part of what we know is there's nothing better than being involved in the work of God with the people of God who we're connected with as we give. So... We're still at that point this year where we're asking you to do that. It's just a little different this year. It will be part of our collective story and our efforts to tell what we know, not only here but around the world through missions, ministries, and missionaries that we connect with. You've heard this scripture a couple of times already this morning. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. God will use you, your story, your witness to touch the lives of others. As we wrap up this morning, I want to revisit those vows that we make and even take a moment to recommit to those. Hopefully, we've, having thought about them over the last few weeks, we'll all be a little more intentional about living out those vows completely, faithfully. But you know, if you've been around the church very long, every time a new member joins the church, we make a corporate statement of renewal of our own vows in response to their membership vows. I want to invite you to do that with me again today. Would you read with me those commitments that we make as a part of God's church? Let's share in them together. As members together in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Our words, our commitment to the honor and glory of our Lord. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we ask that everything we are and do We glorify you through Christ our Lord. As we live out our vows of prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Use our faithful commitment, our faithful fulfillment of those vows for your honor, for your glory, for your word to spread, for your kingdom to grow. Take us and use us through our own story, through our own opportunities to tell what we know. Bless our words in our living. Bless our commitments in our giving today. Bless all we are and all we have to build your kingdom. We give ourselves to you for that purpose, expecting that when the Holy Spirit comes on us regularly, we'll receive power to be your witnesses. Use us to tell what we know so that others have a story, and then they get to tell what they know, and we rejoice with them. We give ourselves to you as faithful servants in the name of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.